Hello, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Why Theory. As always, I am your host, Ryan Engley, joined, as always, by co-host Todd McGowan. And Todd, hell has no bottom. How you doing, buddy? Hi, Ryan. That is certainly true. <laughs> yes. Well, when Zaddy Trump wants to fuck, that's, this, is what, this is what you get, I suppose. Uh, so this is a bit of a special uh, episode. I suppose this is in between our normal release schedule. Or is it still? It is, we, yeah. Tr- yeah, it's, it's Okay. It's in between because we try to this in just a little bit of uh, beside behind the scenes stuff. We've tried to record this episode, but different things that are not interesting to talk about have gotten in the way of us recording. And uh, we want to talk about the um, the protests and we want to talk about capitalism and racism like four days ago. And then we tried to get together two days ago and the progression of just the state of uh, the United of the United States from our initial conversations about this episode it has been um well, hell has no bottom. As, I, as I said earlier, yeah, it's amazing. It's, yeah, the, the, what's the, the events of the last few days? It's yeah, it's been shocking. Yesterday um, was the 99 year uh, anniversary of the Tulsa race massacre. As I told you, it was also the. I think I maybe have the. I'm maybe getting the year wrong. It was the 92nd year anniversary of Fred Trump being arrested at a KKK rally. Did you know that? <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Nice. It's true. Maybe it might have been some, I think it was 1927. So I've definitely, I think I got my math, my mental math wrong on that. So I was putting the seven in the wrong place. But yes, and he was not a counter protester. Let, let anyone be, no ambiguity about that. Right. He was, uh, right. yeah, he was on the side of the white. So, um, yeah. Uh, so this is, of course, um, a, a kind of episode that is, uh, we're going to do in our, our normal uh manner and of course it's going to be like uh locked in the present moment so there is you know every chance in the world that uh what we our ideas are referring to like the coordinates just changed massively like um we were going to record we were very very close recording yesterday and this was before the president had uh, police shoot at peaceful protesters so he could uh get a photo op with a bible at a church uh that he didn't clear like he, you know, there was, he had no permission to be there because he, I said right. this to you earlier, he, you know, he treats churches and women the same way. So the, <laughs> that's just, that's really good. Uh, it's just, so that, that happened. And, you know, so we would have had our conversation with, in that we would have not, this was, would have gone out and we wouldn't have had that context. So, uh, you know, we accept the, um, temporality, I think, and the contingency of our conversation here as being higher than, um, for I sure. think for sure for other, other times, but um, the conversation we're about to have actually it goes back, to, I think, uh, to something that we uh, stamped out in the second episode of this of this whole podcast uh, when we talked about Blade Runner twenty forty nine, which has, um, and we don't need this framing, but I just like it because it's um, it's it's consistent with like our our own thinking, and it, and it, it's not just the um, the situation of the world. Like it's, it's something that like we've been interested in throughout the podcast to, uh, look at the relationship between, uh, racism and capitalism and Blade Runner, Blade Runner 2049 has a, has a a take on this that we, we discussed way, way, way back then, which is that, uh, the position of the film is that capitalism doesn't need racism, but the law does. So there's the police chief played by Robin Wright, right? Yes. Yeah. Right. And right, she right, doesn't, right. she have, what's her great line there? Her great, her great line is because in the film, what happens is the, um, replicants, there, there are these, these, uh, a series of murders that, um, 
uh, Ryan Gosling's character has to investigate as a, um, as a Blade Runner. And um, the premise that the film investigates is that there is evidence that a replicant gives birth, which is supposed to be impossible. Right. And uh, the replicants as are the victims of racism in the movie. Like right. that's, that's how the, the film world works. And what she says is if this information gets out, this breaks the world. It's a great line. You know, it's a great, line. it's a great, yeah, because what it, and what you, what you learn like from that line is that like the, the thing that sustains the inequality of the world is the idea that replicants are less than. And the thing that makes them less than is that they're not biologically similar uh, or, or, or in any way, even, um, like comparable to regular people. And so, even though and, they look and, like regular people, right? even though they look like regular right. people, right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so there's some, some nice stuff with there because a lot of, I mean, this is part of the, um, as we, uh, you know, take a drink cause we're going to reference the fields. I think people should, if there was a drinking game for our podcast or if you're driving, you get off at the next exit. Right. Um, <laughs> the field sisters, how often we if, reference them or Joan Kopchak. Yeah. I think it would be those right. two. So, um, which is, I think pretty good. I, I yeah. like, I take a lot of pride in that, but yeah. so the, um, what the fields get into in racecraft is how, um, racism is invested in this, um, the, the the pretense of there really being biological scientific difference that legitimizes like cultural difference. Right. And the, so the film kind of does, does this as well, but so we're sort of revisiting this theme and I think we have a different take than we had because uh, we were thinking along with the movie way back then. And now we're looking at like, you know, things that are happening in our world. And I think the relationship or we want to talk about the relationship between capitalism and laws being different. Right. Than because the, the film stages it. Yeah. Right. The, for the film, I think you're right that the film's claim is that law requires racism. But mm-hmm. I mean, you and I were talking and I, I kind of feel like that law separate from police, which I think that's a whole thing yeah. I think we should probably yeah. get into because I think law and police yes. you have to think of separately. But yeah. I think law is almost inherently universalist and it can, mm-hmm. it's only in the way that it's policed that mm-hmm. it functions in a racist or some kind of discriminatory fashion. And, and I think the film also wants to claim that the capitalist sees racism as a problem that he, because it's Jared Leto's character, like he wants to, he wants to not worry about racial difference and just mm-hmm, populate mm-hmm. the universe with these slave figures. Right. And so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think, I think for, I think that my take, I, I think you, this is your take too, that, that capitalism actually really needs racism because mm-hmm. without it, then the working class, it doesn't, the, the, it's not divided in the way that it is in, in a racist world. And I think, you know, in America, the racism is really clear. It's pretty clearly black-white. But in the rest mm-hmm. of the world, the immigrant functions in the same kind of way, I think. And so it's in order to create this opposition between the lower class that might otherwise turn its ire toward the capitalist class, right? I mean, that's a, it's a real mm-hmm. kind of protective shield for the capitalist class. And it's interesting that the police are the front end of that protection. Yeah, I mean, and th- this is why in in racecraft uh, early on the the fields referenced the Derek Bell essay right, that right. coined that seemed that they say like seemed to have coined the phrase post racial, um, but he means it very very differently. In this essay, it's it's called After We're Gone: Prudent Speculations on America in a Post Racial Epic. Uh, he um, he he stages a uh, 
an, an allegory where these space traders arrive with a proposal uh, for for America, and that they'll this is what this is me now reading from their book. Uh, they will sell America a proven technology for producing unlimited wealth, and will buy in return every living Afro American. That's what they write, and so he says that like of course they're gonna they're gonna take the deal, but what they don't anticipate in his in his speculation is that now that every you know Afro American in their in their phrasing uh, is gone, the like people, the country has to confront for the first time the actual coordinates of its class inequality. And as they say, the problem of who gets what part of the nation's wealth and why. And that the whole structure, I mean, and and this, I mean, this is now um, something that like you can read. This is not obviously the fields don't have a monopoly on this kind of inquiry. I mean, I think the 1619 project, the New York Times is kind of doing the same thing. Like how, um, capitalism is supported at like from the, before or at the very beginning, uh, on, on racism. And it has such a, oh, I don't know. It has like a, a, a soothing, uh, calming effect on the uh, upward, uh, looting to be, to use a term of the moment, the upward looting of wealth from the uh, from the lower classes to the upper classes. And right. so the racism is this like bomb that makes it so that uh, people c- c- can take it. I mean, I don't know. Is that like, is that? Well, uh, I think that's really good, the, the, Ryan. Ca- the candy coating on, yeah. the, on, the, yeah. on the poison I mean, I pill. I think that's absolutely right. I mean, I think that it's, it, it makes it palatable because, mm-hmm. and it also makes you not see who's, responsible for your situation, right? Like, I think that's such mm-hmm. an important thing. You know, I grew up, you, I think you to a little lesser extent than me, but I was mm-hmm. surrounded by, I, I, I often tell people this, that my, I never heard the N word from my immediate family, but from my mm-hmm. extended family, there is no one I didn't hear it from. So, yeah. So like, yeah. We that's would a little bit to, different for, for me. Yeah. But the, yeah, yeah. So that, it was, definitely. you know, like it yeah. was, a, like we would go to my you know, like my cousins and grandparents and, mm. and we would just be bombarded with, with racist hostility. And, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and we'd get in the car and my mom would go, do you see how horrible that is? And they're just disgusting, mm-hmm. you know? So, so I got a little bit shielded from it, but, um, but that, you know, like their all of their, all of their hatred and energy was directed at the people they thought were responsible for their own plight, yeah. which was, yeah. Black Americans. So it's a really mm-hmm. weird, I mean, it's just such a weird thing, but it makes total sense if you think about it. Like it, it's really, I think balm, it's a great word because that's how it functions. It really allows you, if you're white, to think, wow, my enemy is really this, this it's, I have a clear enemy and it's this, this, these, this group of people who's getting ahead mm-hmm. illicitly. Yeah, right. right. And, and that's the biggest thing. And, and I think this is, this is my shorthand for I think so much, which is that if you <laughs> like, if you think that, well, I, I guess I would put it this way: the, the the entire appeal of the of of conservatives of the right to its base is that hey, uh, black people, um, all all people of color, uh, queer people, they never say queer, obviously, but you know, right. just like um, the, the like. Um, trans people like the, the the women they're all getting away with something and, and like and that that's really what it is it's all about like someone is getting away with something exactly and exactly. and 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 it's like um so so when you know George Floyd g- gets his neck stomped on for minutes and is murdered by a police 
it's like, well, you know, he couldn't get away with the counterfeiting. That is not even clear he did, you know, like, like and it doesn't matter because that's, that's not the point, you know, or like when, you know, Breonna Taylor gets shot in her own home by Louisville police. It's like, well, it was a no knock raid and maybe police shouldn't have been there. But, you know, they were investigating uh, someone else because that person was getting away with something. And, you know, Amon Arbery gets shot in, in Georgia by former cop uh, gets lynched you know, and, and like followed and killed, like, well, he went through a, a, pro, a, a, a production, uh, what illicitly. Is it, a construction site. Illicitly. Yeah. Illicitly. Right? Like, that's he, the thing. He's, yeah. And it's like, oh, and, and so that's the way that it, it's played is that like, well, the people, the people who are, are, who are stopping people from getting away with something, they're the ones that are under attack, right? Like that's the, that's obviously the claim from the right. That's the claim from the president, you know, is, is, it, um, that's why the response, yeah. isn't that why the response to Black Lives Matter is is not just white or all lives matter, but blue lives matter? Because yeah. they're the ones that are really in danger that are putting themselves on the front line yeah, in, this, the in, this, yeah, yeah. in this civil war that's all yeah. constantly going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, it's, and that's why, like, well, that's the, I mean, I think um, with Trump, like, uh, he ended that um, the Obama era program that's, that that uh, stopped the sale of military gear to police, and now they're supposedly I think Congress is working on a bipartisan law to like reinstitute that as as a thing to to stop this like conflation with police and the military. Like, right. Um, right. And but I know that another. Um, I mean, another thing that the early Trump administration was like really clear on was like getting these protections. And I don't remember the precise thing, but I swear there was like an executive order or there was some language and some law that like protected police from being killed. And it's like it's always been illegal to shoot a cop. Like it's never been like it wasn't like it, <laughs> up to 2016. It was just fine to shoot cops. And right. then Trump came in and he made right. it like but that's you know, that's the that was the framing of the whole uh, of the whole Blue Lives Matter thing is that like, look, we have to protect these people because you know what, they're out and they're risking their lives. And meanwhile, like, the, it, it's just, it's one of these things where, t- to me, the reality of policing, like during the Obama administration and the early part of uh, Trump is that like, we were talking about a job that had never been safer. Police deaths per year, way, way down from like any other time, specifically from the, the, the seventies and the the sixties and seventies, which is like a, a time of like civil unrest that people always harken back to, like from way, way down. We're talking like, you know, it's like a much more dangerous job per like thousand people logging. That's a way more dangerous job. Um, and now, you know, what's happened <laughs> is that because of the insistence that this job that is demonstrably safe is the most dangerous thing and these people are under attack. Now they're under attack because right, they right. because they are perpetuating. They are the arm of this systemic violence and this like long form oppression of uh, and it, of, of black people, of people of color, like forever. And so and now I mean, this is different from. Uh, Ferguson, like we were talking about this, like, like, um, this is different from, you know, after Ferguson, Michael Brown is killed and Freddie Gray is killed. And, uh, and he was in, in, Freddie Gray was in Baltimore and like, he was given a rough ride. Right. The rough, um, and, and, you know, and all of this, and people dying in, in police custody is like, what has changed is that for one, there are more protests in more cities because they're like, people have had enough. 
and well, around the world in, too is interesting. And right? around the world, yeah. it's become international. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and because people don't have jobs now, so now, and that's the thing too is like I I know I've seen this online where people are like, why don't Americans protest this sort of stuff more often? And it's like. And so some people would say, like, well, they have to go to work. And then some people, like, in other countries would say, like, yeah, well, I mean, like, we do too. But it's, like, the difference is here when you don't have – when healthcare is tied to the job, right, and, and and you have invested very little money in, like, unemployment and, like, things like this can be punitive, uh, people are more afraid for their, for their, like, immediate, like, particular survival. Right. And now we've got 40 million unemployed. It's a pandemic. You have to stay at home anyway. Uh, and – I think people are starting to see, and and this is the 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 wonderful um, paradox that I am trying to resist car companies from taking, is that in our isolation we are seeing very clearly how connected that we are. Right, and right. I think people are looking beyond their like immediate kind of survival of paycheck to paycheck and being like, look, there, there's an existential threat to everybody specifically black people because it's not just black people protesting you know what i mean because because right. i think it's clear that like this this concerns everybody and i've been talking for a long time so please no no i I, I like what you're saying so i'm not going to i'm not going <laughs> to i'm just going to underline a couple things like i think yeah. that's a really like i think you're right it's clear that the fact that people have that don't they don't necessarily have to go to their job it's freed them up to to be politically active in a way that they couldn't have been if you have a job to go to and you don't want to lose it because you're going to lose your health insurance, mm-hmm. et cetera. Like, I, I think that's a really key thing about the difference. It's funny. We were looking at this statistic too beforehand that, that 25% more of America thinks that racism is a problem now than it did four years or no, was it 2016? So yeah, four years ago. So that's a pretty significant. Yeah. It went, and just, and just to give the numbers, it went from 50 to 76%. Right. Would, 50, uh, yeah. 51 yeah. to 76. So it's pretty, that's a pretty, dramatic kind of shift. And so I think that there, there's a way in which the country is more, and it, and I think you're right that the, the composition of the, of the protesters is really important that it's not Mm -hmm. that. And I think that, that people, a lot of white people see that, uh, that if there's inequality towards certain, towards, if there's, if there's inequality towards some, there's inequality towards all, right? Like that's, I think the idea. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important that I, I found this very moving. I think everyone has that, although some people in the protests were against, I mean, I understand why they're against it, but but most were welcoming that some of the cops actually turned around yeah. and joined the protests. I mean, not yeah, this isn't the majority places, yeah. thing no, that happened. No, no, I mean, the majority is, you know, firing tear gas, et cetera. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, but making I, up shit and, and, and spraying people in the face. With right, spray. right. I mean, that's the majority. Yeah. Right, that's mm-hmm. the majority. But, but, but nonetheless, there are these instances of, the cops joining in. And I think mm-hmm. it's interesting to me that it, to me, that's the test of testament that it's a universalist protest, even though it's yeah. in the name of black lives matter. People say, Oh, that's a particular protest. No, it's very clear that it's not particularist because of yeah. the ability of everyone to join. Like there's not this mm-hmm. like, and, and I think I said this to you before, what's striking to me is that the contrast between the open up, the society protests of maybe just mm-hmm. what two three weeks ago, there were yeah. no cops turning around and joining them. When in fact, if you think about it in terms of their political position, it's almost yes. like the cops, most of them, would have more in common with those people than with yeah. the Black Lives Matter protests. So it's interesting that one protest, which was a 
you know, to be honest, it was just a pro-capitalist protest. It was, we want yeah, to, we want vanity we, protest. We want the economy as open as it can be. And so, mm-hmm. but, but it's funny because it shows how capitalism is a particularist thing. And so when you're protesting in that way, it's a particularist protest. It doesn't, it keeps other people out. They're the enemy. Mm-hmm. Whereas the, I think the Black Lives Matter protest, it nicely is universalist and says, everybody can, everybody, you should be here joining us. Why are you over there? Like you yeah. should be here, which that's I think both great, of us would be yeah. there if we didn't have certain, I, that's, oh, you know, yeah. that's, so that's, yeah, whatever. I know. I mean, nobody should have a, uh, nobody should have a, um, a rubber bullet, uh, shot at their head, but my, uh, the, the titanium wire mesh and bone substitute that's keeping my head together would just explode in a million freaking pieces. And you are of course very at risk for, I mean, they're actually at the end of the podcast, I have like some resources for people who like, uh, cause this, this is like a big thing. Um, I just, people I've been talking to who, um, want to be at the protest, but for different reasons, they like, can't, be, uh, yeah. they can't be, and they want to feel like they're doing enough. And I just have some, uh, well, you know what? Maybe it's in, it's in the middle. We can put this in the show notes. But um, uh, donating to uh, pre-trial funds for um, protesters is a really, really helpful thing. The um, There's a national bail fund network that um, is really good. Not every state. You can't donate to pre-trial funds in every state. You can't do it in California, as I found out. So if you happen to live in one of those states and you want to help people, uh, protesters, um, in their like their their legal fights moving forward, the uh, National Lawyers Guild has is really really great. They do and they they have a lot of great programs. Like they're really invested in um, helping create like you know uh, a, a generation of of, of activist um, uh, progressive uh, lawyers. And anyway, I think, I think they're pretty super. Um, and, uh, I will, there'll be information for that. They're local chapters too. So like I de- donated to the one in LA because that's, those are the protests nearest me. And like, uh, the, the things that are happening there are like a couple days ago, some a cop in an SUV ran over right. a protester and right. then back, it's like crazy from the traffic camera backed away like a cartoon, like a, like a Scooby-Doo, like, and just like drove away. And like, so these, it's, and it goes back, it goes back to this thing that like these cops who, when they didn't, when they had much less of a demonstrable threat against them than like many other jobs, then, then, you know, black people specifically, they had much less of a threat against them. They've always thought they're under threat. And now it, it's just it, it, the, 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 um, the people are not taking it lying down anymore. And it's in front of their face, and it's just for for the, the those who are most invested in upholding that racist difference. Th- th- it, this is uh, this is too much, and you're seeing it in these uh, in these in these videos of like just incredible po- uh, police violence. But you're also, as you were saying, and I think this is an important point to underline. It's almost as if these Black Lives Matter protests and these protests for George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and now David McAtee, my God, who's killed in Louisville and the police chief immediately fired. Fired immediately, was, right. Because right. there's no body camera footage, right. which should be a law. That should absolutely be a law. Right. Um, you know, and not just up to the whim of a mayor like who is acceding to the political moment. But I, I also wonder... If, you know, this this thing that you always hear about, like, a few bad apples, which is really funny because it's divorced from what that phrase actually is, <laughs> is that a few bad apples spoil the bunch. I know, <laughs> like, I know. So, okay. That's so a great, whatever. Ryan, just, let's just yeah. talk about that for a minute because that's <laughs> okay, a, sure. such a great point that people take this little cliche, this little, what is it, a call it axiom, I guess, that yeah, I guess maximum, so. yeah. whatever. 
that mm-hmm. that and they 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 like use it in the exact wrong way. Yeah. That mm-hmm. it, in order to draw the exact wrong conclusion, it, yes. it's fascinating. It's just fascinating. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, and my just my my point on that was is that like maybe the like what's happening now, it's actually allowing the like quote like good cops to actually come forward and to right. stand with the protesters tomorrow. Right. You know, and so it's further showing that it's actually a few good apples <laughs> and who have been, I would kind of maybe more argue a few good apples who like, cause the, the whole cop cult thing and like everyone knows this have to stand by um, and, and, and just support all the other cops. And this is why like um, there's just so much specifically from black lives matter or, or the movement for, uh, for black lives is that like, the way there are have been ways to f- address these exact problems that have been suggested, which is like you know one is that like you don't have cops investigate themselves for crimes that they commit, and and then you know like this is the the cliche that people say is that like we've investigated ourselves and found that we did nothing wrong, right? Uh, but is, I have a yeah. question for you on this level. Sure. Like, do you mm-hmm. think this is a serious question? I don't think. That, yeah, yeah. What do you got? A serious question. So, mm-hmm. do you think within capitalist society? It's possible to have non-racist policing. That is like you can have all these different whatever training, mm-hmm. diff- you know, like you and I definitely believe you should have to go to college to become a police yeah. officer, like certain uh, – have all that. But yeah. can you within a capitalist society, if you – if I think both of us kind of – at least I sort of think – I think that you can't have capitalist society without racism because – it would just, mm-hmm. bra- I think it would break down. And so if that's true, if that's true, isn't it also true that you couldn't have policing in capitalist society without a racist police force? So isn't, isn't mm-hmm. like, okay, we can make it a little less racist, mm-hmm. but is it like, like it is clear, like that the, like the police in Germany say are less, yeah. like they're less racist than the police in America. So there's something you can there's something you can do to make it better, but but I I wonder if you can actually eliminate racism in policing because it's it's structurally I feel like it's structurally yeah. necessary. Yeah, um, I think you're probably right. I think that the only, I mean, what do you do? Like, it's definitely it's not something that you you can certainly address overnight. Is absolutely something you have to have a like you have to have. Um, compensatory pro, uh, programs at like, like, okay, so I'll yeah, but are these programs, Ryan, are, do, yeah. do any, do any programs really, are they going to ever address, like, as long as you're within yeah. the capitalist structure, like, are, are any programs going to work? I don't know. Well, what I, what I meant by program, I meant like, uh, I'll just give this example, like okay. raising, and this is, it has nothing to do with, uh, this, but like raising minimum wage, wage to like, and changing that definition to okay. like a livable wage. Okay. 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 That's okay. right. Okay. So that, so you do that, but that doesn't stop, uh, things just being more expensive. So you have to do two things. So you raise, so you change the idea of minimum wage, you make it a livable wage and you also put a rent freeze. Right. And right. so th- you know, or, and like cost of living, like these things have, they have to adhere to, they have to adhere to re- reality and not just to like a, a system's like own perpetuating inflation basically. And so like, I think that's what you, you'd have to do two things. And with one of them, one of them uh, like addressing like directly the problem and then one of them addressing the system. That's what, that's what I would think. And, and, and it's probably idealistic to, to think that you would do it, but you'd have to, I think you have to do, 
it has to just be part of like a whole suite of like of structural like like changes that that says and this would be like a big change for America uh, is that like shareholder profits is not the most important thing. Right. Like, you know, like you, you, and that seems really divorced from the issue of racist policing, but it's like inextricably, it's structurally connected to it. So I think, you know, you can do like things that you and I talked about in preparation for this, um, this conversation, um, this episode, like, if you kill, if you're a cop and you kill someone who's unarmed, you're fired. You're just right, immediately. Right. And, right. and then, and then it's, it, that switches the, the onus from like someone on the outside having to prove that, it, that, um, that the killing wasn't justified. And then where the other way, you just flip it the other way where like the assumption is that cops can engage in illegal activity. And I think changing that, because that's that's a, a a way that like our laws are oriented around the idea that cops, well they they have to uphold the law, so they they can't, they can't, they can't be really, criminals, right? Yeah, yeah. So that I think has to like that would be like a big thing, but it also has to partake in like a wider, um, like systemic uplift, which the present moment is really ripe for it. Because again, I I, I said forty million unemployed earlier; it's probably more. Um, right. so it's not like we don't need that also in this moment. And, right. and I, I mean, think, yeah, yeah, I think that I, I'm with you on that. I mean, I, I don't think it's necessarily too idealistic. I, I guess my sense is as long as there's this, what to call them, like over, I call them capitalist class, this overclass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and, 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 and mm-hmm. their, their wealth is so much, so it's so far removed from the wealth mm-hmm. of ordinary people. Yes. Then how is like how how is the resentment that's born out of that mm-hmm. like it seems like that either has to manifest itself laterally mm-hmm. or vertically right and and right now it's manifesting itself laterally right, right. and i like i guess i don't I don't see how it's going to be translated into the vertical level because the problem why it doesn't translate to this vertical resentment is because everyone identifies with the people that are like, right? Like, like Mm -hmm. your enemy is the person is this group at your same level. Whereas the people (laughs) that are above me, I aspire to like, I aspire to live like Jeff Bezos. I don't want to, I don't want to, you identify with the oppressor. Right. Because he's, I mean, this I think is the case of a lot of Trump supporters. Like even if they know they're never going to gain that kind of we don't know how much wealth he actually has, but yeah, what a, true. let's yeah. assume he's wealthy. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Even though he, he seems to think he is, he, yeah. he acts like he's wealthy. Uh, <laughs> like you're, even if they know they're never going to attain that themselves, they they can enjoy it through the identification with him. And then, mm-hmm. but I don't. So I don't. It seems to me hard to see or to envision that resentment being moved in that direction. I guess like. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's so, and so I don't know. So, okay. So you have minimum wage, you have rent control. Okay, great. But that doesn't stop this end, this capitalist class that then yeah. contr- has so much, has so much control, right? And and also not just control, but, but, you know, like th- that there's so much rage built up against them, but that isn't ever directed against them. That's, I guess, the well, thing that well, I, let me ask you, yeah. Yeah. I want to ask you a question though, because um, I, I don't know if this is just, a, if this is, something we talked about on this podcast before, or it's just a conversation we had, uh, with each other. Um, the, the image of 
uh, and so this like before 2016, I don't, and, and maybe even a couple years into the Trump administration, um, the image of a lecherous capitalist taking advantage of people, not really in American society in any way the same as say the welfare mother. So this like this, this like this underclass succubus or whatever the crap is. (laughs) That's good. No, that's a good image. Yeah. 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 Like, well, so like, yeah, so we don't have, so we don't have that same image, but I, I want to ask you this question. Do you think that's changed with Trump? Interesting. And do you think it's changing now? Because I, because that I think is, is, is the, is the biggest, the biggest uh, problem for, for changing, I would think the structural inequality in this country is that the idea of a, a wealthy class that is taking advantage uh, of the, the lower classes, it, it's not really there. It's, and I, I always think about like, um, uh, in the great depression, like was there a more popular genre than the screwball comedy? Which no, was that like, was it. Yeah. So the wealthy, like really, which was a lot of it was like wealthy people who are just like kind of stupid and harmless and they don't have anything to do with, you know, and I love these movies, but like they don't have anything. They're they're not taking advantage of poor people like at all. And people love those movies. And I think like that's up until 2016, I think it's like, okay, you want to update the the image. It's like, oh, the Kardashians, these people like in, in like like we're deferential to them because they just live in a different world. It doesn't have anything to do with us. Right. And I think. That ha- I I really think that that has changed radically. That that we we see how like inextricable their wealth and 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 like and again Bezos and and Trump and all his acolyte uh, acolytes and advisors and 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 donors and supporters. Like I, I think that's a lot more prevalent now than maybe it has ever been in in this country. And do you think that might? Maybe than ever, you ameliorate think. the difference. Than ever. Yeah, maybe then. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, more than when Eugene Debs was a viable oh, presidential yeah. candidate. But maybe, maybe uh, you're, know, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe you're right. I mean, it, it's interesting. Like, I think that there is, I, I would agree with you that that's the only way that, that substantive change can take place if there's this way in which that, the, in other words, what you're saying is that, that, that our, our imagery has to be correctly oriented. For the for that change to be yeah. possible, I think that's right. Like it's yeah. like first we have to change our fantasy space, and then yeah. we can change <laughs> our actual economic relations. I think that's yeah. I, I think that's I totally agree with that. I think it's a brilliant point, and I, I guess I would also say that like I feel like that that I, I guess there I guess I have some hope for that. I I guess my only thing is I see a lot of the people right now that are coming out against racist policing who are wealthy. Mm-hmm white liberals. And I'm thinking like, well, yeah, uh, uh, you're part of the problem, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like I, but I, I think people see that more than they maybe would have before. Really? I, I don't know. I, maybe yeah, like I, I happen to listen to a podcast with Bill Simmons, the sports guy on oh, yeah. it. And, you know, he, I just was reading a piece on him somewhere else that he, he's like gotten, he's like a multi multi-millionaire who's now got into land investment. Oh, and Jesus. and like and now and I hear him talking about how terrible the Trump is and how terrible racist policing is and I think to myself like okay but you're part you sorry you're part of the problem and then and they celebrated the guy on the on the podcast was like you did such a great job with diversity hiring and I'm puking mm-hmm. as I'm listening to this because <laughs> I'm like you know like that so I think that maybe there's still 
there's still this idea that the, yeah. that the rich are deservingly rich. Like I think that's yeah. the key. Like that that we the idea that the the reason why racism works is it's clear in the mind of the racist that if you're black, you don't deserve whatever you've gotten. Yeah. Like advantage, yeah. whatever it is. Right. Yeah. Whereas I think there is the idea that the rich deserve their wealth and their wealth comes with like, you know, like just get the bunch of rich people together to figure out how to deal with the coronavirus or get them, you know, like, yeah. I think there yeah. still is that, that idea, that kind of apotheosis of wealth. And so mm-hmm. I, I worry. I mean, I like your idea that there that we now have this image of the billionaire as as lecherous, and that mm-hmm. that's really good. And I agree. But I still think there's this this image of wealth as earned. That is even the way we talk about earning money, right? And the, the yeah. idea that wealth is earned, I think, is a earnings, real, uh, right? Like right. that's the the yeah, right. Well, so here I'll give you the um, I'll uh. I'll, I'll support I'll support that claim and argue against myself from some minutes ago and say that the danger is in making Trump that figure. If Trump is the image of lecherous wealth and he's voted out and, you know, the Republicans are voted out in November and there's no, you know, election fuckery or whatever and they, you know, like we, we make it past that, then I think that ends up being dangerous because it's like the problem existed. It was concretized in one person and we got rid of that person and now we can move forward when what you're saying is that and I think this is the more important point is that like if you the, the the one needs to see Trump as the most visible exponent of the most exploitative system that has ever been created by people. And he just happens to be that most visible person. But, you know, who's going to have a more excise control over the image of the wealthy person moving forward? It is Bezos. I mean, that guy owns The Washington Post. It's right. a big newspaper, right. Right. you know, so and he and, has and, all of his people trained on Trump. As the, that's yes. why I feel a little, yeah. I feel, look, I, I'm, I'm as against Trump as the next person, but I feel a little bad whenever I, we always apologize for using him as the, as the bad guy, because it does, I mean, that does feed into exactly what you're talking about. Like he functions yeah. as this, like you get rid of him and, oh, now we're rid of racism. Now we're rid of uh, the, the, the cruelties of capitalism, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. which is just, it's frankly just preposterous. Well, it's the same, isn't it? The same we like. Well, I don't know what episode this was, but a long time ago, uh, we, we were talking about that one of the failures to see um, the Trump administration and, and like sort of the dangers of the of the of, of conservatism just in in a general space comes from a failure to properly understand the Holocaust, which is like it was. I think the way that uh, um, you were telling the story of like you were in a Holocaust museum and there was a guy wearing a MAGA hat. Yeah. There. Yeah. You know, and it's just like if you think the problem was Hitler or, you know, it's, it's a nameable problem and it was this guy and he got everyone like a cult leader to do this thing. Right. Then you don't see the problem. You don't you don't see the structure. You don't see the system. You don't see. Well, you don't see that. the politics. Right. Like, yeah, Hitler was a right wing political leader. <laughs> like, that, like, like yeah. let's be clear, like he was a right winger. Yeah. That's I mean, when people. When you don't, when you miss that, like that should be the yeah. fundamental lesson of the Holocaust. This is where yeah. right wing politics leads, right? Like that. Yeah. That's the that's the lesson. That's the only lesson. His not like his his evil is inseparable from his far right wing position. It's just sorry. Yeah. It just is. It's not like there's. It's not like he's a bad guy who just did mm-hmm. some bad things. Like he he's a bad guy, but he's a bad guy as a right wing political figure. 
Right, right. The 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 i the idea of of national socialism, right? This like um like paradox. This this term that really it like it falls apart like in like in yeah. I mean, they were not really social. No. I mean, they no, of course not. That's the whole point. Well, but they had a. Just, it's not totally that. untrue though, Ryan. They they had yeah. some. They did something. You know, they're like. You know they're like they're a lot like the National Front in France, right? Like the mm-hmm. the Front National. Like they're 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 on in terms of social spending for non-immigrants, they're pretty yeah. good. You know, like yeah. on opposite of Trump, who's you know disaster on that level. But but so so they weren't terrible. But but anyway, I take your point. So go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway. Well, no, no. That that was just it. Which is like you, you you know you can claim to be. It's so it's like like that's how that's how it works is that like oh I'm for the socialism that benefits me but not the people who exactly. I don't like and it's yeah. like well that's not real that's not socialism it's not really but, socialism right yeah yeah it's so well so, socialism that's, that's, can't be nationalist that's what I would say yeah that's like, exactly it just can't right be and, nationalist. and that's why that term works because it's 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 a it's it's like you know it it it, it appeals to exactly the people it needs to appeal to you know right. like to 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 make it seem like you are, you are in control of like a positive, like political project. And like this, you know, so the Trump doesn't call himself national socialist. Cause I don't know what, that'd be like a giveaway, I suppose. So what is it that he's doing? Oh, he's making America great again. And it's right. just sort of like, it, it functions in the exact, the exact same way. Um, but so, I, again, yeah, I think so, that's, yeah. it's key not to have him as the enemy. Like, I think that, Ex- that, I think you're making a really good point about that. Like his, his, of course, like terrible racist, terrible misogynist, terrible like capitalist leader, but but he he just he he's just representative, right? He's just a representative. Yeah. You know, if and anything, he's, I, I, go ahead. I, I, oh, sorry. Oh no, I was just gonna say like I take I take I take heart here in like there was like the New York Times even ran this story that was like uh, black protesters. It was I forget the title exactly, but it was like black protesters tell Democrats not being Trump is not enough. You know, so like I'm, I'm seeing that in like big. That's pretty good. You know, yeah, yeah. So 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 that like because yes, he's like absolutely. It's sort. It's like um when I when I worked at Walmart, um it, it was like I knew some people that were like, how can you do that? Like they're doing this this this, and I was like, I was like, well, and I wasn't as politically um attuned and and and, and well read as as I am now. Just like absolutely not. But like I I had this sense then. I was like. Well, I was like, I, I was like, I feel like kind of everybody does that, and Walmart's just like a symptom of like a larger problem. And then this person said back to me, "I was like, well, it's a pretty big symptom." And I was like, I guess. As like so, and and I just you know like the 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 danger like yes, Walmart shouldn't do what it does, and like right. Trump should absolutely not do what he he does, right. and yes, should be eliminated, and 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 and, and um like you know t- he should be away from office, and Walmart should pay its employees and not like uh, launder their own. Uh, like their own not paying employees. Uh, the only way that that is supported is it's laundered through um, uh, like social programs in every town and state that right. Walmart exists right. in. Right. Like the people pay taxes to support like Walmart's employees. They even have like food drives for Walmart's underpaid. Incredible. You know, I know it's, it's absolutely unbelievable. So yes, stop doing that thing. But there is, as we've been talking about the wider, larger, like social, uh, uh, social structural systemic thing that like that keeps that in place and it's and it's not i think it would be nice that the that things worked in a like in a movie uh where like oh if you kill if 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 you kill the head of the organization the whole organization crumbles 
you know, yeah. like, like Ryan, that happens a lot in, in a heroic movie. And, but it's not, that's not how that works. Yeah, that's a great and, point because I mean, that's, that's actually, isn't that how Hollywood really, that's its big political battle, isn't it? That it, yeah. it that, that's its, I mean, if, 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 if I wanted to say like, what's the most conservative aspect of Hollywood, it's the way in which it presents political battles as if they're individualist struggles. Yes. And that if you, if you knock off this one individual bad guy, then you've somehow accomplished some victory for the left or for, you know, whatever kind of mm-hmm. politics. And it, and I, it's clear that that is just so wrong. And it, and it, it gets people into this thinking that, and it gets them to hate Walmart, but not to hate capital. And that's a strange, yeah. <laughs> it's a yeah. strange thing because all Walmart's doing is just doing what some other company would do if it had the chance, right? Like, yeah. like mm-hmm. if Walmart wasn't playing the bad guy, someone else would play that role. Like, I think that's mm-hmm. the, that's such a key idea. And I think it's lost in Hollywood's depiction of any, you know, there's so many of these, I'd really like these films too, but like Pelican Brief, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all the presidents, they're all these ones where three days of the condor, there's like little, mm-hmm. if you just get the one figure, then you've, yeah. you've, you've gotten the whole thing, right? And, it, and, and the I, point, yeah, go ahead. Can I tell a funny story about yeah. you? And then uh, I'm going to ask you to talk about a film that's a really perfect example of this. Yeah. So I, um, I one time admitted to having some affection for Paul Thomas Anderson's movies. Do you remember what you said to me? I do really, not, Really, no. quickly, dismissively. You, <laughs> we were, I don't, I don't know what restaurant we were at. We were somewhere in Burlington. And you just really, you, were, you wanted to say something else. And you just really quickly said, well, that's an error on your part. And then you said something else. And I just like, I stopped you. I was like, that was ridiculous. That it's one of the, I think it's one of the funniest things you've ever said. But um, let's talk about Paul Thomas Anderson. Cause I think there's maybe not a better example of what you're talking about than there will be blood. Yeah. Yeah. Which con- concretizes all the evils of capitalism in one figure as though that's the, so anyway. Well, right, well can I talk a little yeah. bit more about it? Because Please. not only does it do that, it takes a novel by Upton Sinclair called <laughs> Oil, which is yeah. all about a union forming. <laughs> and it, it totally cuts that part out of the novel. So, yes. so not only does it take, does it blame one individual, it does it in a way that completely distorts the primary source, which, which had, you know, had a sense of the collectivity to it. So it's, yeah, yeah I think, to me, that, I think that's, in, if, if I just had to pick out one film that's the, mm-hmm. maybe one of the worst things Hollywood ever did, it would be that. Because it's, <laughs> because isn't the idea that, I mean, look, Forrest Gump No, Stump I agree with you. I'm just, I'm just laughing that we've come, that like, it's been like six years and we've come back to this. But so right. anyway, it's, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that it's, it, the, the depiction of that film is that it's one bad psychotic guy yeah. that's responsible for this evil of capital. And it's not Absolutely. the capital, it's not capital itself. And I think, mm-hmm. look, as long as you think in those and terms. And then the film makes you like that guy too. Uh, that's the other right, thing. Right, that's the like, other Like thing. he's just, oh, he's just this anti-hero. And right. like, you're like a renegade for liking him. And it's right. just and like. And people love to yeah. quote that line, your, your milkshake, I drink it up or yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, right? I drink your milkshake. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, I just, I find that film just reprehensible. Like all of his films, except he's one of these guys that I think started out pretty good. And mm-hmm. then there's a, I can actually map a steady decline with his films. Like there's not one that's, you know, how you draw a little graph. There's not one that's out of order. They're like, they're steadily coming down and it's just <laughs> as steady as can be. So I assume his next one will be even worse than Phantom Thread, which would be very hard to, 
to do, but <laughs> but I, I shouldn't be so mean, but I, I just can't. I, I He's one no. guy that I just can't. You know, no, it's just a, it's a perfect example because I think he's a like you know sorry for the hit piece on Paul Thomas Anderson that kind of came out of nowhere, but like it, it's it's he's um, he's a really great example of of what so what we're talking about is like uh, cultural messaging and cultural imagery and as as uh, being uh, necessary for um, helping to like goose along like social and like like structural. Um, reforms and the conservatives are super good at making these images that then uh, support the again and they're always lies but they're like the welfare mother they're really good at making these images making you think it's a problem and then they can do you know they can gut welfare and do whatever right. they want like right. after that and the the left isn't so good at it and like you know I don't know if we, we Hollywood and the problem is Hollywood because we're not committing the same problem that we're accusing other people of where like the problem is, is not Paul Thomas Anderson. It's just that he's a representative of this. Like he's like, I think a well-regarded filmmaker that people would think. Who, is liberal I assume imagines, right. Who imagines himself as a leftist. I would have yeah. to believe that. Right. I would have to believe that. And he, and, and maybe he maybe even thinks there will be blood. He probably thinks that Daniel Plainview is, is clearly the villain. And like, he maybe thinks it's an anti-capitalist film Yeah, and he maybe does, and he would be wrong. And that well, Scorsese, I'm be. sure, thinks that um, that Jordan Belfort movie oh, is an Wal- anti. Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he thinks that's an anti-capitalist film as well, right? Like, like the, like I. So I to not to avoid picking on Anderson Solon, like, like <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. another film where, and I think this is the problem with that character too, like the extreme jouissance that they depict for the mm-hmm. capitalist that. Make it shows the allure of that position, right? Like that, yeah, it's not. It's true. There's in no way are they being critical. Like they think you expose the jouissance, you expose the position. But no, mm-hmm. that makes the position attractive. I mean, you know, you yeah. said you want that enjoyment as the viewer. Like you're, just, I want access to that. Absolutely, and and, and, and that's yeah. the source of the identification with Trump. Like the the, the mm-hmm. Trump follower identifies with Trump's enjoyment, as do, by the way, the liberal critics. Like like yeah. CNN, they can't get enough of that. Like they played that Bible thing, which was, of course, hilarious. Yeah. But his stupidity, his stupidity is part of what they're identifying. I mean, that's what you're identifying with as a leftist. Mm-hmm. Like you identify, mm-hmm. and I think that's a danger too. And I think you know, and I think th- one of the best things about the Black Lives Matter protest is its focus on structure. Like it is absolutely yeah. yes. Yes. committed to this idea that the structure, and, and I, I even think there. At least, I mean, I don't know how explicit this is, but they're certainly open to the idea that capitalism is part of the problem, that you can't, mm-hmm. that you, you know, I'm not one of these people that thinks like we get rid of capitalism, we've gotten rid of racism. I think that's a, a poor, I think that's just not true. I think it's wrong. Mm-hmm. But I do think there's a way in which capitalism relies on racism. And it seems to yeah. me like Black Lives Matter really, they're, they're, if that's not central to it, they still get that idea. And I think they're, they're, that's, they're open to that idea. Mm-hmm. I think so too. Like, I, I think that that's, um, well, I mean, th- that's the whole, I think that's the, the whole thing with the project is that like y- you, um, not that you're never done, uh, changing structure, but that like changing structure, like involves, it involves so much. It involves like, uh, so these, uh, reforms that these changes, they, they need to happen like if not at the exact same time, like within like a, a moment, like a political moment, like in movement of each other. And it's like in 
there were uh, the people called them like the three, like the, the three jewels of, of, of civil rights and uh, the Civil Rights Act. So there's a Civil Rights Act in 1964, which uh, prevented um, uh, discrimination based on race, color, religion, sex, or like where you're from. Right. And then there's the Voting Rights Act was in 65. And then in 68, there was a Fair Housing Act. And so like, so that kind of coherent, like, like pro like that changes structure. And, and, and it's not just, you know, it wasn't like, um, uh, you know, this is, not how history played out, but it, w- it wouldn't have been like, let's say Nixon was the villain of all that. Right? right. It wasn't like, Oh, we've gotten rid of Nixon and now everything's fine. Right. So uh, like anyway, like or I, so we've I gotten rid of Johnson. It's interesting how, even though yeah. Johnson was the, was the, you know, maybe the most left-wing president in American history. I think he was at the time was seen as the status quo, you know, like part of the problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, mainly because of Vietnam, I guess, but, yeah. but even, even, yeah. you know, he, I, I think the, I think the Martin Luther King film Selma does a pretty good job with this, that he, he definitely had to be pushed along by, Mm -hmm. by black leaders. And he wasn't like, it wasn't like he was leading the country. He was, he was being pushed. So, I mean, I think that'll, the the receptivity to it is the important part. Right. right? And I think that's the difference between Trump and Biden, right? Like, yeah. Biden will at least be, he's not, you can't, I mean, in a way, like if he's Johnson, that would be great. Although I hope we don't invade Vietnam again, yeah. but, uh, but, Jeez. but, yeah. but, uh, if he's, if he's at least that receptive, then that mm-hmm. would be, I think that would be good. But I, I, but Trump, the point is he's not even receptive at all. Like no. it's the opposite. No. It's, it's like, how do I fight back against yeah. In yeah. this movement? Yeah. How can I make my, <laughs> how, you know, it's, it's like, this is the thing with the um, with 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 him and the Republicans is they, you know this phrase cosplay. Do you know this? No, I have no idea about that. Okay, so it's like um, the like at Comic Con or like or you know when people could gather together at conventions uh, for like you know movies or whatever. People would dress up as like characters from like video games, movie, right. TV, things like that. They call it like costume. Okay, play. They call it cosplay. Oh, they call it cosplay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So, you, okay, you got it. So. Well, this is important because what I'm about to say is that Republicans want they want to cosplay as authoritarians and they but they want Democrats to do the day to day work, yeah. like to 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 make everything so that like they 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 want to have the authoritarian like thing draped over them, but they want enough people to pay taxes that their roads look okay. Right. They want enough people to be like invested in social systems that they can enjoy the benefit while never, you know, giving anything to it substantially themselves. Right. And so they want to they want to cosplay this. And now we're on a knife edge of that where Trump, his only territory on this is to move from cosplaying the authoritarian to to really being one. And and uh, that's obviously the danger of November. And the election, right? And, right. You know, right. Yeah. For sure. So, so, so that's so. Like, uh, we were on the yesterday when we talked about the episode, and then we weren't able to record. I, I said to you, like, well, if he handles the these uh, protests like he handled coronavirus, then like it's probably actually like fine in a way because he just left it up to governors to to do whatever, and he like abdicated his right. uh, responsibility and authority completely. Uh, and then a few hours later, he decided to um, have protesters tear gassed and shot. So uh, with rubber bullets, if that matters, but like to, as a clarification, but like so that's that's taking a, um, an active role in authoritarianism and, uh, 
because it, you know, um, it threatens his image. Right. Right. Like, right. and, 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 uh, it, it reveals his castration. Right. Like, that's for sure. Like it definitely yeah. reveals his castration. I mean, I think that's, especially when people were calling him, uh, bunker boy, right. For his, right. his retreating into the high, uh, the white house bunker. I think that that's bunker boy is another name for a castrated subject. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. I think that's, I think that's true. I mean, I think that the, you know, the, it is true. I think that he, that, that, his response is, I like what you're saying about this, co- I don't ever heard that term before, but the cosplay, cosplay. authoritarian, yeah. because it is true that he never, and this is interesting, because I think it's Bolsonaro this is true of in Brazil as well, that that mm-hmm. they it's all the trappings of an authoritarian rule, but without the mm-hmm. actual effectiveness of it. And I think that's, you're making a good point that he's relying on others to be effective yeah. in the way that he can't be effective, but he still wants to appear it's like he's mm-hmm. playing an authoritarian rather than actually being an authoritarian. Which, uh, like, there are ample opportunities for him to uh, bridge that gap. So, uh, and uh, like, ahead. And right, that, um, right. Very, although, very scary. although I'm not sure. I mean, it'll be interesting if the the U.S. military will support if he tries to invoke them in it, in bringing them into to attack civilians. If he if they would even yeah. support that, that would be interesting. To, I mean, interesting in a horrific sense to see yeah. the result yeah. of that, like what, what that would be. But yeah, I don't know if that would happen or not. Yeah. And I, I sure like you, I, I don't, I would like to not see that happen. But, um, so I mean, and I don't know what's been happening. Isn't this the, just the craziest thing about this? Um, is, uh, so I saw somebody tweeted something I thought was kind of funny that, um, uh, they said like, believe it or not, the uh, impeachment happened this year in, uh, in January. And <laughs> yeah. then they, then, and then they wrote, they, they wrote a little bit and said uh, a few weeks after I believe the teapot dome scandal and just to sh- like how long this year, like right, this year has right, felt, right. Um, you know, and so like we've been doing this for an hour and like, I am like, I'm horrified at what might've happened uh, while we've been recording uh, at the, at just the prospect and the specter of it. Like I, you know, I know that there were, um, there was uh, police violence against protesters in Seattle uh, already today, um, and I'm that that was that made the news circles that like I that I look at, and I I just I don't know what's gonna what what has happened already, and but like, um, I I guess to end, I don't not a not um, I don't know, just in, in a way that I. I, I want to make sure like properly like sees the the situation and is not like mired in like false hope uh in it for for change but like there are like things that we talked about like police marching with protesters that we didn't see that in ferguson we didn't right. see that in baltimore you know right. like, like that did, uh, right that is i think you're right that that is a substantive change from the past Protests and also the duration and the breadth of this protest. Yes. Like it did go beyond yes. the city in which it originated. And it is international also. It's international. And it, and it, right. I mean, it's interesting because I think it does what's, what, what's happening is that the, you know, the particular thing has been successfully universalized so that the struggle yeah. has been made into a universalist struggle so that the, it's interesting how the signifier George Floyd is mm-hmm. now, What's well? I would just say it's a universalist signifier. So when you say yeah. George Floyd, that's saying like I'm for 
that the, there's a universalist point to that of of universal equality, and it, and yeah. if if George Floyd is can be killed in this capricious and and just and mm-hmm. and 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 utterly illegal way by the forces of the law, then then no one then. The, the, the no one has we any equality, yeah. right? Like the yeah. equality doesn't exist for anyone. And I think, I mean, as, in, in, throughout the history of racist society, that's always been true. The point mm-hmm. is just, can can everyone be made aware of that? Right? Can everyone mm-hmm. be mm-hmm. made aware of the of the of the cost of that inequality and mm-hmm. bring that to the fore? And I think that's what the protests are doing successfully. I want to I want to I want to end of this yeah. one going question for you though. Do you think sure. I understand that the people I hate the way that it's called violence because the looting and and pillaging mm-hmm. is not they're not hurting anybody. Like none of mm-hmm. that is actually directed at people, right? Like it's yeah. I I, I for me violence yeah. has to aim at people and like if it's aimed at buildings then it's I don't know it's something else. It's like vandalism yeah. or something. But that's not violent. Uh, yeah. I, maybe this is because I, I was almost thrown out of college for vandalism. That I, I am, <laughs> I I'm not I for that. any political reason, unfortunately. No. Like it was just wanton acts of stupidity. Um, <laughs> well, I was a drunk, but um, but but so maybe I'm sympathetic to the vandal. But I I, I I don't I don't think it's violent. And so every time I hear like no, the violence is before, right? Like the violence mm-hmm. is before, yeah, and the violence yeah. is the cops. The violence isn't the yes. like even the people that are looting destroying buildings, burning down buildings, that's not violent. And I just think that needs to be said. But here's the thing I want to ask you. Yeah, Do you I, think that people would be, I have my answer, and I, but I want to hear what you think <laughs> before I say mine. Mm-hmm. Do you think that people would be responding or as receptive as they are to the protest if it didn't have this looting, pillaging, vi- not violent, vandalistic dimension mm-hmm. to it? Do you think, in other words, do you think that that's like making people pay attention? You know, they're even, you know, it's all, it's usually the people's own neighborhood that they vandalize. But now like in yeah. LA, they're vandalizing Beverly Hills and Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like LA learned its lesson from the Rodney King, right? It's yeah. destroyed like South Central or whatever. And now yeah, they're like, yeah. okay, let's go destroy the rich people's neighborhood. So my question is, would, mm-hmm. would it be as, res- would, would, White liberals, because I guess that's who we're talking about, be re- as receptive mm-hmm. to the message of Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter if it weren't for. I'm not even saying it's Black Lives Matter people doing the violence. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. or not violence again. Vandalism. Sorry, vandalism. Yeah, no, no, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, my qu- my point is, would the white liberal be as receptive without the vandalism attached? Um, I'm gonna say no. Yeah, that's what I fear I th- too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and. I think so. I think like um, this is actually it's, it's interesting you ask this question. There was some I don't know where the, I, I didn't read the the results of, of this study, but there, there was something I saw this morning. I don't know it was like Psychology Today or whatever um, that said this was like the headline that ended up on Reddit, which was that people are more um, uh, favorable toward um, this, and this is the language of the uh, of the source. Uh, more receptive to protests that don't include uh, violence than ones that do. But then that was what made the headline. But actually in the paper is that there was a a kind of a disjunction here, Uh which is that, but the violent, uh, and again, this is the language of the paper, the violent dimension had the, um, uh, it it forced um, legislative change more than just strictly peaceful protests. Wow. Yeah. So, 
And the, and again, I don't know how they studied this or calculated it. Um, but even if it, it, that I, I didn't see that this morning, that would I think that would um, kind of articulate my um, my position on this, which is that like the um, the 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 vandalist, the, the d- dimension. And, and again, like I, I, I think the corporate media has been pretty good on sh- like making it clear that like, um, police officers are trampling, uh, peaceful protesters with horses. You know, they are, um, pepper spraying that like people who aren't doing it. And obviously what Trump did is the most visible, right. um, you know, uh, example of, of that. Like it, and it's pretty clear that, um, the, I, I don't know, like, I, I think it's, it's, it, people are aware that like the, um, it's, it's not exactly just that like protesters are showing up and they're agitating for a fight and then they get it. I think that like, that's, um, I, I don't think the media has been covering it that way, which has been good. And I don't think it works that way. I think it works. I think it's works much more the cop toward protesters way where they're agitating for the fight right, and then right, they, right, right, and they right. do it. And, and, and I think people are seeing that. So, um, so I don't, um, I don't know. Like, uh, like I also, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how many coronavirus cases like I, that's a whole this, other know, problem, like, right? Like, that's a whole I, other I problem. Just, I really feel for these protesters whenever I see them come like, look, you're way too close together. I mean, I don't know if you saw but, that yeah, great like, scene. What are they going to do? You know, did you see that great yeah. scene in Minneapolis where they just covered the road with people. And no, it, I don't think so. It's I a beautiful image, but I was like, oh yeah. my God, they're so close to each other. I was just, it just, you know, it kind of broke my heart. But at the same time, I was, I was crying because it was so moving. But so I, I think, I, I, I tend to agree with you that I think without that, so, which would be ironic, right? Because what if, what if, let's say 75% of the looting or whatever is by these right wing groups that have come in to try to discredit yeah. the left. And it would be, it's ironic that if that would be the thing that actually made the message come through yeah. while they were you know, trying it, to discredit it. So my, um, my sister got a message uh, from people last night that, um, that uh, in Providence last night, there were like texts went out from some group claiming to be black lives matter, but wasn't. Uh, that said like, like looting starts at nine and it was like a white supremacy group. And so like this message was going out, like, don't respond, don't show up, don't, don't do that. So like, and not, and I don't know if that's apocryphal, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like yeah, it's, it's hard, yeah. it's hard to tell like the, you know, or like, um, the first day that we were going to record this, I think the news was still that eight, like the, I think the, um, governor of, of Minnesota said like 80% of the protesters in, in Minneapolis came from out of state, which like turned out not to be true. Right. Um, but there was like some people who did, and there were, there is like, I mean, different States are reporting like white supremacist, uh, factions at these things. I mean, this happened at Huntington beach yesterday where like, where was it where the guy, where the guy was destroying the sidewalk and the protesters took him? Oh, that was DC. DC. Yeah. The, yeah. So, he was, the guy was trying to riot and the protesters turned him over to the cops. Yeah. They took, they took his hammer away. They, they get, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and that, that I've never seen that before. I've never like, seen that either. But again, I yeah. think that speaks to the universalist dimension of the project, right? Like they're saying yeah, to the cops, yeah. look, we're all in it together. Yeah. And you know, yeah. we don't want this guy, uh, you know, causing, you know, disrupting our universalist project. Yeah, no, I think that's great. I, and I think that that's, that's like, um, this is, this is a hopeful message to, to end on. I, I also um, just want to say in the, in the show notes, um, and I'll, uh, we'll, we'll put this information in there is that like, uh, 
one of the things that like, cause I can't be, I can't be out there, um, with, with other people. Uh, and so I talked about, uh, places that if you are not able to, 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 um, to be present, but you want to be, um, there are like really, really great places to either donate your money or like you can volunteer at. Um, and another thing that like helps me when I get down about this stuff is to remember, um, exactly how many people we're kind of in this with. And there are a number of, um, like there are a number of podcasts that like you have guested on that I think would, would be like part of not a formal network, but just, a network of, um, lefty podcasts. Sure. And so I, w- and, and also, you know, some that you, that you haven't guessed it on, but just like, you know, listeners who I know that there were listeners who started like a, like a more, uh, clinical, like psychoanalytic podcast. And like, I just, like, I think it would be good to put all that stuff together in the show notes for this episode, just to, you know, like th- there, there's a community here and there's right. a community here for this thought. And there are a lot of us. Right. And I, and that to me is the most important thing. Yeah. Good. Uh, what's the lesson though, Ryan? I think that, the lesson has the lesson. to be, don't see, there will be blood. There will be blood, yes. Read oil. <laughs> Read oil instead, lesson. right. Yeah. That's the yeah. lesson. Okay, over and out, Ryan. Okay. Over and out, Todd.